Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. 10.05 is the time. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor with you. Jesse Osmond with us as well. We'll bring you to 11 o'clock. Spent a lot of the first hour, well, kind of talking about everything. Talked some Pac-12, talked some Red Zone. It's been a productive hour. Blazers, jerseys, etc. Now, we will spend a couple of segments on some NFL football. Foosball. As uh, we are continuing our divisional previews, we do this every year before the season because our show will change to Football Sunday in about six weeks. And um, we will preview all of our... NFL divisions. Last week we did the AFC East. This week we will do the NFC East. And there is no better team to start in the NFC East than the Dallas Cowboys. The division champions from last year. The thought you were going to say the Philadelphia Eagles. Why would I say the Philadelphia Eagles? I don't know. Like worst to first? I don't know. No. Only if Chip Kelly was there, they'd be interesting. But okay. not anymore. Um, the Cowboys are fascinating to me this year. Because last year... You have two rookies burst onto the scene, especially Dak Prescott at quarterback, and then Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, at running back. Um, but you, you're also seeing in the headlines almost every day, it seems like, a new Cowboys player who's going down with the suspension, going getting in trouble in some way with the law, just bad things going on with the Cowboys. And I kind of... I don't know if it's because of that or any other reason, but I kind of feel like we're going to see a little bit of a dip from Dallas this year. I mean, the Cowboys were really good last year. So, uh, you know, they, they were, what was their record last year? Like 10 and six? Is that what they finished? The Cowboys? Yeah. 15 and one? 13 and three. 13 and three? Yeah. What were they, 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 were, they, were, they were close. Yeah. 13 and three. Um, they almost went 15 one. That's right. They lost the, the, the two L's to New York and then they lost to Philly in the last game. So, yeah. Um, 13 and three completely shocked everybody how well they played. And I feel like it's just natural that you're going to see a dip from them. But I just wonder, is Dak Prescott as good as he looked last year? Is Dak Prescott the next great Dallas Cowboys quarterback or did Dak Prescott get very lucky with the best offensive line in football, a top five running back pick who played up to his expectations in Zeke Elliott and a offensive 
group of weapons that was good. Did he just get lucky almost? I think it's a little bit of all that stuff. You know, I think luck definitely had something to do with it going to that franchise with that offensive line after uh, Zeke had just went, was it fourth or fifth overall in the draft that year? So it was just, I think it was incredibly lucky for Dak to end up there. But I think also the one thing we've seen uh, with rookies and particularly quarterbacks is once there's some game film on you, things are a lot tougher. You know, it's a lot harder for you to maneuver. So um, I'll tell you, a guy that I had a lot of faith in for, for a while and even on the show, Robert Griffin III, RG3, you know, offensive rookie of the year. Took his team all the way to the playoffs. And once people kind of figured out what he does and how to stop that, it was it was a little bit – it was hard for him to but really Dak figure Prescott's out what he did. But Dak Prescott's different than RG3. No, Dak, Dak Prescott's much different. But uh, he's not the gunslinger that, that uh, Andrew Luck is, you know, and I don't know if he's really the athlete that um, – I don't know, let's say a, a Mariota, you know, is or anything like that. But he's a, a product of that great offensive line. He's a product of the fact that he has an offensive-minded head coach. He's a, you know, the fact that his defense played somewhat up to par uh, this past year really, really helped him out. So if they take a dip, it's because they're going to figure out how – there's nothing you can do about Zeke in that line. I mean, there's nothing they can do about uh, – what's it, Joseph? Was it Joseph Randall? Yep. Nothing you can do about Joseph Randall behind that line. You know, so any running back was <laughs> ex- going to be exactly. So you put Ezekiel Elliott, a kid who actually has a lot of freaking skill, put him back there, and there's no stopping what he's able to do. I think if you're going to stop anybody on that offense, I think Dak would be the one that you could kind of look at and find the holes in his game. And the the reason I say he's different than RG three outside of the obvious, but he really he didn't play a style of of quarterback that was him running the ball first. Right? No, yeah, RG three just ran. All the time. Same as Kaepernick. You know, they, they just, the second there was a sense of anything breaking down, it was just go. You know, you could still throw. You're running side to side, but you're just going. Prescott was, again, you can thank partially the offensive line for this, but Prescott was very stable. He was a pocket passer. You're sure he ran around a little bit. He, he, he did that in college. But, uh, you know, he, he screamed quarterback. Mm-hmm. He didn't scream spread guy. Athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a better way to put it. He didn't. He didn't scream athlete. He screamed quarterback, and that's good. I just, I'm, I'm wondering about the sophomore slump and all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you think the Cowboys still finish in first in this division? Yes, uh, but just, maybe more like a ten and six than a thirteen I, and three. I mean, I could still see, I could still see eleven to twelve wins, just because um, you look at the division you're in uh, outside of the Giants. I just don't see many other teams that are just going to be able to compete with them this year. I know Jesse is a huge man crest on on Kirk Cousins, but if you're looking at a team, they look like they might be the most complete in the NFC East. Like and so I, I'm I'm it's hard for me to say that they're gonna take a dip. I think if they do take a dip, it's just gonna be a small step backwards because I don't think anybody saw two rookies coming in there and winning 13 games. But it's how many rookies get set up with this line and with this running back and with this with that defense. And oh, by the way, I forgot to mention that uh, Des Bryant to be is on that team. A top five receiver in this league is on that team. So you kind of forget that he came into the league blessed with weapons uh, all around him. You know, Jason Witten was one of the, one of one of his uh, one of his targets that he had. So it's one of those things. Not a lot of guys come into the NFL with this many weapons at the, at the quarterback position. It just doesn't happen like that. I, it just, the, the Cowboys this season have, I believe like what 
a, a top five schedule. It's one of the hardest schedules in the NFL this year. And I know that's kind of hard to predict. You're, you're basing it based on how teams did last year and players move around, but it, needless to say, it, it's going to be a hard schedule. There is typically a sophomore slump. Um, you don't know if, if Elliot's going to be there. I honestly think Dallas has been incredibly lucky on the offensive line side of things as far as health. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of things that factored into them doing well last year. I expect a little bit of a dip. Do I expect a big dip? No. I mean, 13 wins, I don't think so. 14 wins, I don't think so. But, I mean, uh, 10, 11 wins, I think that's about right for where the skill level of this team. There is still a big question mark on the defensive side of things, and part of that's they let a big part of their secondary go, and then they continue to have people being suspended on that side of the ball. They've They've had a really bad string of luck with this. I wasn't summer. exaggerating when I said almost every day I see a news about some Cowboys player getting in trouble. You know, so, I mean, and that division is a tough division. I, I don't buy as much as I like Kirk Cousins. I don't buy Washington. Um, I do like New York quite a bit. They did beat Dallas twice last year. They um, they did improve that offense this year. They do have an elite defense. Um, if you're going to talk about a team that maybe can rival, in the NFC East, um, I would talk uh, New York Giants. Well, we will do that next. That's the next team up on my on my list here. And we'll also talk some Redskins and Eagles as well. Uh, the other three teams are going to be mighty close in the division. I mean, it, the NFC East is almost perennially everybody's within a game of each other, mm -hmm. which is awesome. It, it, it makes for great division games when they're playing each other. Uh, so we'll talk about the, the Giants first, but the other three teams in general next here on Sports Sunday and the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The New York Giants, the second team we'll discuss here in the NFC East. They did finish in second last year in the division. They did make the playoffs as well. 11-5 and five record for them. Last year was the least competitive year that we've seen in the NFC East for a little bit just because both the Giants and Eagles were so good. Uh, both the Redskins and Eagles finished around 500, though, so that does kind of help it a little bit there. But uh, the Giants are an interesting team. We were just talking about it in the break. How good is Eli Manning? Like, where do you rank Eli Manning in the NFL? Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? And we were doing it during the break, and the answer is close, but yes. He's just around that 9-10 mark there in the NFL. Um for, for the top quarterbacks. Now, that's not to say he's light years better than a lot of the other guys. Once you get out outside of the top like six or five, all of them are so close to each other. There's this huge swath of quarterbacks who are generally about the same. Um, but Eli is a little bit better than them, at least in the two of our opinions. But the Giants are interesting because they don't really have a running game <laughs> right now. No. Uh, but they do have a great passing game with a lot of good. They, remember, they brought in Brandon Marshall from the Jets. If you forgot, I actually did forget that until seeing this list. Uh, so now they have both Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall. And, oh, yeah, Sterling Shepard, who was one of the best rookie receivers last year. Um, so they've got a good passing offense. And as Jesse mentioned last segment, an amazing defense, uh, at least on paper, with all the money that they've spent the last few years there. And some actually some pretty good draft picks as well. But, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul back healthy. They've got Olivier Vernon. You've got Eli Apple, the rookie from last year, is their starting corner. They also have Dominic Rodgers-Cromartie. 
Uh, I'm sure I'm, oh, Janoris Jenkins is there now too. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing more, but they've got a great defense. The Giants are going to be dangerous this year. As long as they get that running game figured out, right now it says their starter is going to be Paul Perkins, who is um, the former UCLA running back. And then it also says they've got Orleans Darkwa, who is the big, like, fullback tanky kind of running back. But I don't really view them as being a great running team. So it's going to be a lot of Eli and the running backs and hopefully a lot of defense. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at the NFC East. And there, there's not a great running back in there except for uh, Zeke. You know, and really, I, I don't know if we can say that's more the line or that's more Zeke. But NFC East isn't, isn't littered with awesome running backs. Really there's some good ones. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, Ryan Kelly was yeah, good for yeah. The Ryan Kelly, R. Kelly was good. You Rob, know, Rob Kelly, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob, Rob Kelly was good. You know, but I don't know if there's outside of Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if there's a star running back in the entire NFC. You know, East at well, the moment. Well, you got to look at okay. So um, uh, Rob Kelly had moments, and he was either doing really good or he was really average last year. He wasn't consistent. They did bring in Samaju uh, Perine. Um, who could kind of push him for that? He's, I think, a better receiving back, a more athletic guy. Um, but who? What's interesting is Philadelphia. They went and added Legarrette Blunt, who's coming yeah. off that 18 touchdown season, and yeah. so that does elevate. I mean, they basically let go um, Kenyon Barner and added um, Blunt. So, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at this this Giants team and saying that the fact that they don't have a great running back, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal for them because while they don't have a great running back they have what i consider the best player in football and that's odell beckham jr on their team like here's a dude that at 24 or 25 is clearly and, and i mean this is no disrespect to antonio brown or to any other great receiver in the league there's nobody that can do what odell beckham jr can do there's no i don't think there's any receiver that scares defenses more than odb julio jones I don't think Julio scares defense. There's there's been games where Julio's had zero yards, and they've and the Falcons have blown people out. Like there have been multiple games this year where Julio Jones hasn't caught the ball. If he doesn't catch the ball, as in Odell Beckham, they do not win games. That's just the way it is. And so I'm I'm looking at that, and then you add a Brandon Marshall, who's one of the you know the best and toughest receivers that you'll find in the league, and then, oh, you forgot. That's going to be huge having Brandon Marshall there because uh, that, it, all that sudden, trio of receivers is so good. And all of the pressure has just come off of Odell Beckham Jr.'s shoulders, and now Brandon Marshall can take some of that pressure uh, away. We Remember, when Brandon Marshall played with Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey made the Pro, Pro Bowl. Brandon Marshall went and played with Eric Decker. Eric Decker had the best season of his life when he played for the Jets. So now you put him with what I consider, again, the best player in football, I think the Giants win at least 10, 11 games. Well, and it, it's it's kind of interesting because a lot of pundits are thinking, oh, well, Brandon Marshall there means that Sterling Shepard's going to have that sophomore slump. If no, anything, I think what it's going to do is it's going to it's going to open him up because uh, if there's one person in the red zone, you really have to think about that is Brandon Marshall. That's where he's that's, made that's where his he, living is, is catching touchdowns. And not to mention, you just know what ODB can do. So that just opens up the middle of the field for Sterling Shepard. Like that's going to be a potent passing attack, whether Brandon Marshall slowed down a little bit or not. Like he's still a big threat in the red zone. Look for Eli to put because now all of a sudden what the Giants aren't doing is dropping balls when Eli throws it to them. Like, all of a sudden, like, that's that's not going to be a huge, huge issue for the Giants anymore. So look for Eli to have one of the biggest career, years of his career. Uh, the Redskins, next team up on my list here. And uh, we heard how passionately Jesse defended Kirk Cousins a week or two ago on the show. Uh, but they've actually got a pretty interesting offense as well. 
We, we mentioned Rob Kelly as the running back, but they've got a couple of young running backs who could certainly break through. Actually, they've kind of got like four youngish running backs on their team who could kind of break through at any point. So in my mind, that means don't draft a Washington Redskins running back in your fantasy draft. They've got Rob Kelly, Chris Thompson. They drafted Samaj Pirine, and they also still have Matt Jones. Don't forget who has been a starter for them in the past. Um, but they brought in Terrell Pryor from the Browns, who proved to be a very good wide receiver last year uh, to, to help there. They've still got some of the guys they had last year, like Jamison Crowder. They got Josh Dotson from, um, pretty sure he was a Baylor receiver that they have there as well. So I, I think they're off, and Jordan Reed is actually their best receiver, their tight end. So I think they're actually going to have a pretty decent offense. I don't really know a lot of the names in their defense. Ryan Kerrigan is still there. That's a guy that they've got. They drafted Jonathan Allen from Alabama. They lost to Sean Jackson, right? Yeah, he's gone. Okay. He went to... Mm, Tampa Bay. To Tampa? Tampa. Okay. They're expecting big, big things they from sh- him in should. Tampa. They should. Then they have Josh Norman as well, by the way. Still on defense there as a corner. But um, I don't really know what to think of the Redskins. I, I don't... I kind of feel like the Redskins are getting a little overvalued this year because people did fall in love with Kirk Cousins a bit last year and they they saw how well he played. But uh, you already look at how good the Cowboys and the Giants are. Not every team in the division could be good. No. I'm thinking the Redskins might be just perfectly average once again. Yeah, and then you find out that Keith Marshall uh, is going to be out for the season with the patella tear, so a patella uh, tendon tear. So this is kind of one of those things. You don't know really what you're getting from Washington. But they're, they're kind of a – Kind of a toss-up. It's not like they're a bad team because I think Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. I don't know if he gets the money that he wants, but I think Kirk Cousins is uh, more than a serviceable quarterback. I think that the fact that you bought in a Terrell Pryor who proved, like you said, to be one of the better surprises of last year's NFL season, showing that he could be a top 10, top five receiver, you know, if he continues to get better with the right quarterback. The Redskins are just a mess, though, and I hate saying that name, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Washington's just a mess. Like, they're they, – because they, it's not like they're bad. They just can't figure it all the way out, and I think it's hard for us to really figure them all the way out because one day Cousins can be um, off the charts incredible, and then the next game he can be in, incredibly average. You know, and you're not sure what you're going to get with your run game. We've seen uh, R. Kelly have – uh, great games, and then we've seen them have some, yeah, you were just okay, you know, type of games. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, the defense, is, the defense is always kind of steady, you know, and you add a Josh Norman, and I think that definitely helps you kind of shut some shut some things down. But I'm not sure what to feel about them. It's it's always – they're always up in the air. Like, I've never picked Washington to win the NFC East ever. Yeah, I feel the same way about the Eagles this year too. Um, you know, Carson Wentz another year – under center, I think will improve, but, and they also added Alshon Jeffrey. Don't forget. He is now a Eagle along with Jordan Matthews, who is very good. They also have Torrey Smith, by the way, and Nelson Aguilar, if he can ever figure it out. So they've actually got a lot and Zach Ertz, a tight end. They've got a lot of good receiving options. They also brought in LeGarrette Blunt and they still have got Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews. So they actually have a pretty solid offense. Um, I, I wonder if this might be the year that the Eagles kind of finally hit and kind of feel more like the, Eagles of the mid thousands again, where they were winning the division and they were they were a solid team getting to the playoffs and making the Super Bowl. I wonder if this is the year where we're going to finally feel like the Eagles have returned to that form because it, on paper this team looks good to me. Yeah, it does. The Eagles look like they can actually compete. You know, now mind you, Chip Kelly's not their coach anymore, so they're not as interesting, and I don't think anybody's following them as closely as they were uh, three years ago. 
But I think that that could be a good thing for them. Carson Wentz showed at the beginning of the season that he knew how to play football. I think there was a dip somewhere in between there, and then things just kind of went down the toilet for them. But if they can sustain at least some of what they started at the beginning of last season, um, I think they can be in good shape. And from everything I've read about everything from Eagles camp, Carson Wentz looks like he's in there and he's on fire, and he's hitting every single blade of grass that's out there, and that's a – that's a great thing for the Eagles. So especially you throw in a guy who's now a veteran because this is, his, I believe, is his fifth season in Alshon Jeffrey. That can only mean better things for your offense. I don't think you get worse throwing in an Alshon Jeffrey. No, of course not. Yeah. He's a great receiver. Um, all right, coming up next, we will do hate it or love it competition as always. Uh, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 1033. We're actually on some semblance of time, which we're going to destroy in this segment, guaranteed. I think we'll be okay. But uh, we say that every time. <laughs> and then we're never okay. Uh, so the winner of this segment, and it is a competition, will get to host the last segment and talk about whatever it is that he wants to talk about. Uh, Jesse awards us points or takes away our points based on his own opinions on what we're saying, similar to Around the Horn. So let's go ahead and get started. Oh, right. and who won last week? It was yeah, Rashad, right? I did. So I, can I make an executive decision? Yeah. The winner uh, should have to go second the next week. Okay. If you win, then that means the person who didn't win gets to go first. All right. Can we do that? We you want to do that every single week? Yeah, why not? Okay. It was just an added thing to... Give the winner a little better. Yeah, you get I, to choose. Yeah, I think it's I think it's only fair because you know whomever goes first gets to make the best points, especially if we kind of agree on some. Well, yeah, if you agree. Yeah, but if you don't, but so yeah, it's just I mean, one of those things. It, it's just all about making that argument, man. Yeah, so. it's all about making that argument. You know, it's funny because last week, um, Mike made a comment. You're like, oh well, oh Jesse's giving me points, so maybe he actually does agree with me more than I think. It has nothing to do with what I think, because you know what? I'm gonna come with you, uh, come at you are, with a Jesse. non-biased attitude, and just what are your arguments? Are your arguments good or not? So okay. whether right. you believe it or not, you can come with an argument. Do you believe? And uh, yeah, oh, in, in life, life after, after love. love. Yes. Yeah, a little share here. Um, all right, so uh, we're gonna do an NFL version today. Everything that I have written down here. Um, has to do with the NFL. Now, let's go. Um, close, I'm baby. also going to probably do a little bit of a fantasy tie in as well, since I'm really starting to amp up my little um, fantasy fever here. And we're going to start with uh, kind of one of the surprises last year, not for me, but for a lot of other people. Um, I had him targeted in my middle rounds, which I got him, and that was DeMarco Murray. Now, DeMarco Murray had a resurgent season last year for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, where a lot of people thought that maybe he was just going to kind of pass the baton pretty quickly to a second-round pick in Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry had a really good season in his own right, um, had over 600 yards on like 120-something carries. He, it, he was solid, did good in the red zone, caught the ball well. With that being said, love or hate, Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray will finish the season with eerily similar stats. And I'm going first. Sure. Right? Yes, sir. Um, hey, I don't like it. 
this is tough for me because I, A, it's an Alabama running back. And Alabama running backs tend to struggle in the NFL, at least recently they have. B, last year, Derrick Henry was supposed to be splitting carries with DeMarco Murray. And that did just didn't really happen. And he didn't look, in my opinion, when I watched him, he didn't look great. He wasn't as bad as, say, like Trent Richardson has looked at times or some of the other guys that have come out of Bama. But DeMarco Murray was amazing last year. He really was. And I think if you're looking at, a, a, at that situation, you're looking at a team in the Titans who is, in my mind, the favorite to win that division this year. Uh, they're, they're better than the other three teams. Uh, the Colts would be the only one who has anything to say about that, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not, I don't like the Texans very much. Um, you need to win all of your games. And if DeMarco Murray is your best running back, don't try to get Derrick Henry involved just because you want him to feel good and maybe hit in the future. You have DeMarco Murray. He's one of the best running backs in the league right now. And you got a healthy Marcus Mariota. Keep the offense as similar as you can to kind of get them gelling together to get all those to get all the plays going in the way you want it to go. And don't don't try to be too much of a split carry team. I think Murray's best when he's when he's the workhorse back. So I'll say hate because I want Murray to get more carries. I think he should. Uh, I'm gonna say hate as well uh, for the simple fact that um, he is just better than than Henry is. You know, Demarco Murray has proven that he's one of the best. Running backs in the NFL, you start back with his last season as a Dallas Cowboy with 13 touchdowns last year. Uh, then he went to Philadelphia and had a less productive season and still was able to put up six touchdowns on a team that just couldn't figure out which way was up, didn't know exactly how to use him. And then he went to Tennessee with this young Marcus Mariota and trying to really, uh, I guess, mentor um, a young Derrick Henry. And from, from there, it looks like it worked out pretty well. Now the thing is, now that you've shown that going into your seventh season – um, that you can actually be still be this running back. If I'm the head coach of the of the of the Titans, do I actually want to take the chance and take time and carries away from him? I'm with you, Lipson, saying that if if he's our best player, if he's our best option at running back, I'm gonna run him until he can't do it. Now, if there's certain packages, maybe a third down package, maybe Henry's shown that he's a little bit better better on the goal line or something like that. There's definitely opportunities to work in different running backs. You see the Patriots can consistently find, you know, a great group of running backs. So you don't necessarily need to have one great running back to do it anymore. But if you can do it, have somebody else to come in on certain packages, maybe send a DeMarco Murray in there to, to catch some ball, catch some passes every now and then, I think you'd be in good shape. But I don't know if they have the, the sim similar numbers because at this point, I think Titans are in win mode. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., we all know what Rashad thinks of ODB. He just told us. Um, he came out this week and said he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Not the highest paid wide receiver, the highest paid player in the NFL. Now, I'm not going to go out and, as far and say that, you know, um, in this statement, he should be the highest paid player like above a quarterback. That would just be absolutely obscene money for a wide receiver. But outside of a highest paid quarterback, ODB should be the highest paid player in the NFL. Mm, man. Outside of all the quarterbacks, yeah? Correct. You know what? Yeah, love. I do love it. And it's and it's not just because of his skill on the field. And I know this doesn't always go or really doesn't go into contract talks, but Odell Beckham Jr. is a brand now. Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy who brings eyeballs to the New York Giants. 
Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is in commercials and he's in TV shows. And um, at times he doesn't know when to close his mouth and he gets into the news for being an idiot. But he's always in the public eye in the NFL. He's flashy. He's really good. Uh, sure, he's got some deficiencies in the field. He does. He did drop too many passes last year, but um, felt like every Giants receiver was dropping passes last year. But, uh, you know, he's he's so much more than just a good receiver. And I think that is what he is thinking when he's saying, I deserve to be the highest paid player in the NFL, is he's saying, I am the whole package. I am a star, right? And I would even go so far as to say that he might deserve to be paid more than certain quarterbacks who get a lot of money because they're just good quarterbacks. Uh, but that, that market is just so obscene right now that every quarterback is going to get that much money. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's right. I don't know. I don't, I don't have much else to say about it. That's that, uh, OB, OBJ. I like calling him OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. ODB is too much of, reminds me of, yeah, you know me. I also call him OBJ. I call, I call him ODB. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> love. So, here's the thing about Odell Beckham Jr. He is so much more than a football player. This dude has become a cultural icon. There are certain people in sports that change the way we do things in our regular life. The Fab Five changed the way basketball looks aesthetically with the long shorts and everything. Michael Jordan changed the way things, things look as far as a marketing standpoint. Allen Iverson changed the way people look as far as the hip-hop era with the sleeves and the head headbands and the braids. Michael Vick changed the way football looks as far as what a black quarterback or what a black player is supposed to look like. James Harden with the beard and all... Od Odell Beckham Jr., you look around, you look at any young kid, and I work with high school kids and middle school kids every single day, and there isn't one of them that doesn't have a, a, a similar haircut to Odell Beckham with the with the dye up top and everything. And on top of that, he's the best at what he does. He's in training camp right now showing out, showing that, man, not only should I get my contract, but I need to be the highest paid player in the league. He's the most exciting player in the NFL that we have, and that's even with Ant uh, Antonio Brown's Super Bowl dance, or excuse me, end zone dances and other things like that. There is nothing like Odell Beckham. He is must-see TV from getting on his knee and proposing to the, to the kicking post to getting hit in the face by it. Like, there's nothing that he does that's not newsworthy, and that's what an icon is. He's, no matter what he does, you're talking about him, and there's nobody that we talk about more in the NFL than Odell Beckham Jr. Well, that was. Well, that was we talk nice about Tom Brady a little bit more than Odell. Well, but again, cultural icon. He's the goat. You know what I mean? Of course, we talk about Brady. Like, I mean, 100 games over 500. Nobody's ever done that. Like, we have to talk about him. He dates Giselle. He's, you know, he he wears Uggs. Like, Tom Brady is different. He's we we talk about him because he is a different beast. Odell Beckham is in that same vein. Is he the champion? Tom is no, but globally, icon as as an icon, please. Very few dudes are on Odell Beckham Jr.'s level. I guess I would have a hard time paying ODB more than an elite pass rusher, an elite. I mean, there are certain guys like a, a lockdown corner. We've seen that, you know, lockdown corners can get in the heads of guys like so, Odell Beckham. So Jr. if we were, and, so if this were, if this, if this were sales, and you had a guy that came in there his first year and knocked it out the park and 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 sold more than everybody. They came in his second year and did the same thing, and his third year and did the same thing. Like, at what point are you going to say, you know what, he's he deserves to get all the money that 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 we that we can give him. I I feel like he's not so much better than the likes of Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, um, but doesn't give you. Or, but Julio Jones, Antonio Brown 
give you more consistency and they give you less of a headache than a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. That kind of stuff factors into to me into that kind of stuff. I do think Antonio Brown is in a similar vein as Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. as well. Yes. Does a lot of commercials, always in the news. You know, did the weird like mini top hat haircut thing that was very but strange. But nobody follows Antonio Brown the way they like. Nobody's doing no. this Nino Brown haircut the no, way they did. No, but the Odell part Beckham. of that too is Odell Beckham Jr.'s over on the sidelines bashing his head into the wall because somebody got into his head, and that's something you don't see from Antonio Brown. That as a as a franchise, you're like, oh, thank God we don't have this guy over here that's like just falling apart on the side. But also, what he's doing, he's over there dancing, and he has. 50 million female followers that follow the NFL now because they love Odell Beckham. Oh, and that's, that's fine. Uh, again, that's fine. That's, but that's once what again, an icon that's... does. They make you follow them. Allen Iverson was a sex symbol. You know what I'm saying? For you, men. You... So was Michael Vick. That's why a lot of women followed them because, man, I like him. I don't like basketball, but he's cute. Now that's what they feel about Odell Beckham. We're getting away from the shit. No, the, I'm just saying. That's just what it is. It. That's well, what I, I get are. it. I get it. He, and I understand totally. Your argument's fine. It's, um, Give me more it, points I mean, then. Uh, I gave you more. We got way more points than Mike on that round. Anyways, we're moving on. We're moving on. Moving on. All right. I'm just minding my own business over here. Okay. Um, so uh, this is going to be a fancy football question. This is going to be a, advice towards uh, people that have yet to do their draft. Hopefully you haven't drafted quite yet. There's plenty oh, of people yeah. out there that have so far but that's uh, insane to me you i know like three i know weeks for yeah, if you're drafting now then you have nothing else to do, yeah, and you have clearly. no idea who's going to be healthy on your roster so <laughs> um but with that being said we have adp positions coming out so the average draft position of players <laughs> we ran out of the bed already the bed already uh so much for being on time um and with that uh with that, you get to see where some of these new incoming rookies are going. Now, Ezekiel Elliott last year was a, basically a top five pick in um, most drafts and deservedly so. He ended up taking a lot of people to the championship. This year, we're not really seeing any rookies in that top five, but we are seeing um, a couple there in the in the top 25, one of them being um, Leonard Fournette. Now, Leonard Fournette going to the Jaguars, uh, was it... Um, Fourth overall. Fourth overall. Yeah. Um, expected to be the workhorse there. Love or hate spending a top 25 pick? Hate. And he's going at 26 on, on Fortnite. Hate. 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 I'm going to go. Uh, I'm sorry. That is the most extreme hate for me on that one. He, <laughs> I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be that good. I, 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 I honestly do not think he's going to be that good as an NFL running back. And I will gladly crow if I am wrong on that one. But... They still have other running backs there in Jacksonville. They still have TJ Yelton. They still have Chris Ivory, right? They're all still there. So you're not going to get rid of carries for those guys for uh, for Leonard Fournette. Fournette is Fournette proved to be a very good running back in, in the SEC, right? But we've seen many guys, like we talked about earlier with Alabama running backs and Derrick Henry, et cetera. We've seen many SEC running backs flame out once they leave the SEC because of the different style of play in the NFL. And we've also... I don't know. I just don't – when I watched LSU play, and I know he had a little bit of the injury issue this year, but I just never got the vibe that Leonard Fournette was going to be that great. He had some very nice runs and some very kind of sexy, flashy jukes that he did on on those way to long touchdown runs. But it's just so different. I don't think that – I just I, I just don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be good. I don't. I view him as being a top five bust. 
I do. Maybe it's because the Jaguars drafted him that early, and I just don't trust who the Jaguars take with their draft picks. I just don't trust the Jaguars at all in general, but I just think he's going to be a bust. So workhouse back or not, workhorse back or not, I don't think he's going to get that many that many yards. And and even, even if he is a decent running back, he's going to a bad situation in Jacksonville because they also have – they already have good running backs, yeah. and they couldn't do a thing last year with them. They have a terrible quarterback – They've got an iffy team in general, and they've got, you know, Tom Coughlin does like to run the football, so that might help a little bit, but I don't, I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, Tim Cook, hey, hey, Cor- hey Tim hey. Cook, Corey Grant, Chris Ivory, TJ, TJ Yeldon, that's just a few of the, of the running backs they have not named Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure exactly how they feel like this rookie is going to come in behind no offensive line, behind a terrible offensive coordinator, and figure out how uh, to put up some type of yards uh, for this team. Fournette, he got a lot of comparisons to Bo Jackson just for the simple fact that he was bigger and stronger than everybody in college. And sometime in college, we'll see these Ron Dane type of uh, um, personalities and figures that are just bigger and stronger than everybody else. Then they get to the NFL, and they're just not as dominant. You look at some of what Mark Ingram has been able to, I guess, not do uh, through his career. And what was the other Alabama running back? I can't remember his name. He was here, and then he was gone. Trent Richardson. There you go, Trent Richardson. So there's a lot of guys like you said that come from the sec very few of those guys are bo jackson very few of those guys end up coming in and really making noise unless you end up going to an offensive line like the new england patriots have right now like the dallas cowboys have right now and then from there you might be able to get lucky but if you're coming into a situation like the jacksonville jaguars like the cleveland browns um there are certain situations that you're just not going to fare very well at and unfortunately for leonard fournette I think he's going to bust out just because he doesn't have a great support staff around him the way Ezekiel Elliott does. All right. What is the verdict today, sir? Only got three questions in today. All right, yeah. Well, that's typically for us because, I mean, we just go long. Um, it, so uh, Rashad just was real consistent, three points each round. Um, middle round kind of screwed you there, Lynch. Um, otherwise, you guys were quite even. Nine, eight, Rashad. Back to back wins. That's a first, right? On the show. Is that a first? That might yeah, be a first. It's been and, alternating quite a bit. And you went second, saying how the advantage went to the guy going first. I see. I think going second's an advantage, to be honest with you. Is it? Well, to me, because I like to listen to your takes I don't and know, then I'm not that smart. So. And then like break them down a little bit. You know, I can I can agree and, and add on details that might be more important, or I can disagree and know exactly where to go. Yeah, I'm not that smart. Like I I, I mean, I have to say everything I know first, because then you might come with something like, oh damn it, why not say that? <laughs> All right. Well, Rashad gets to host the last segment, and I have a feeling I know where he's going with it. Uh, probably about John Bones Jones. This is Sports Sunday on 10 to the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 10 the Fan. Glorious, Lynch. Still victorious, guys. So, jokes on you. I just get to relax for the last segment. There it is, right? <laughs> that's why you're so. Yeah, that's why you're so relaxed over start, there. Hands behind start, your head and start stuff. losing every week now. Uh, really, we've covered a lot of stuff today. Even stuff that we weren't supposed to really talk about. I like know that. that was those. These are the best kind of shows when they just kind of flow into conversation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I went and watched the fight last night. So, John Bones Jones versus Daniel DC Cromier. Uh, Two dudes that clearly don't like each other. Like, they're at each other's throats the entire time. 
Uh, Bones feels like DC is a, you know, kind of goody two-shoes, know-it-all, judgmental dude. DC feels like Bones is just a, a druggy slacker, basically, that never took his craft seriously and stuff. And Bones which Jones, might be true. Which, 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 which may very well be true, but when Bones gets in the ring, you can tell that he takes this incredibly seriously, and he basically whooped Cromier's ass last night. You know, he, he got him with a nice little left kick to the face, and from there, he's proceeded to get him with left hands to the face. So, I mean, a hell of a fight, and I think that's exactly what MMA needed. They needed some some momentum going into this Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather fight. You know, I think there's a lot of people that think McGregor is going to get his ass whooped, and rightfully so. I've noticed a shift in that lately. Have you? I feel like people are all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork saying they think that McGregor has a chance, which I think is just insane. But it's just been... I've seen it. Like, multiple people... I mean, I shouldn't say there's been a full shift, but in my Twitter sphere, mm -hmm. where you see retweets and favorites now and all that stuff, I'm, all, I'm seeing, like, people are putting money on him now, and I know some of it's just because it's a good bet because he has a... You know, high odds, but I, how on earth is he going to beat Floyd Mayweather at boxing? It's, it's just, just like how happen. on earth would Floyd Mayweather beat him in an MMA match? He wouldn't. Like this is this is just kind of what Mayweather does. And if the roles had been reversed, and Floyd came out, I think he was kind of tongue in cheek. At least I hope he was, and saying that man, it'll matter. It can be in the octagon. And you know, McGregor basically just told him like, "Shut up. You know that's not true," and he knows it's not true. But yeah. this is going to be a one-sided fight. But last night was a great fight up until the third round, which is good. You know, I'll take it from there. And I, th I think boxing needs for this Triple G fight to really be great because the last boxing match they had with Pacquiao and uh, Joe Horn uh, wasn't great. And so they need some real knockout power in, in this upcoming fight. Otherwise, I think boxing uh, is going to be knocked out itself. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Coming up next week, we will talk about the Monday morning quarterback list of top quarterbacks. Uh, Rashad brought that up, and it's got some interesting placements. We won't do list radio per se, but I do want to discuss where you think guys like Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, et cetera, fit into the current sphere of quarterbacks because uh, Monday morning quarterback has them lower than you might expect. Let's talk about that next week. We'll do our next divisional preview, uh, which we will do the – you want to do the AFC South? You want to talk some Titans? I like AFC South, yeah. I want to talk some Mariota next week, huh? We'll do that next week, plus uh, plenty more on Sports Sunday. So catch us 9 to 11. Listen to the Lunch Rock Tires podcast of us. If you missed any of the show, it'll be up on 1080thefans.com and also on at 1080thefan at Twitter. And we'll be back next week, and enjoy your weekend, everybody. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! gave me the nicest longest piece of meat mm. Mm. so good